Hi, welcome to Soul Worthy Love. I am your host, Rinsey. Soul Worthy Love is your one-stop relationship podcast on everything marriage, dating, and of course, relationships. As we always say, love is safe. If it's not safe, it's not love. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Soul Worthy Love. Hi Dr. Lees, how are you today? Hello, Rancy. Hello, everyone. Nice to be with you again. We have quite a bit of a fun topic today. We're talking <laughs> about friends with benefits. Just so that you know, when these these conversations we're having, we never prepped. And I'm always wondering, what is Rancy going to come up with today? <laughs> it's like, so we just jump in and we... We talk about these and it's always like, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't give Dr. Lisa like a script or anything and I don't even let her see the production schedule just so that we can keep it super organic. And yeah, I, I don't have a script either. I have talking points that, you know, questions and stuff, but everything is just organic. So this is actually basically think of it as our conversation, just chatting with us and and things like that. But today we're going to talk about friends with benefits. And the reason why I bring this up is because, well, people have friends with benefits. (laughs) I feel like it's more common in today's society than it was 10, 20 years ago. And I guess to start, Dr. Lise, why do you think that is? So why do you see so many more people engaging in friends with benefit relationships rather than just going through the process of dating instead of just hooking up? Yeah, well, there's so many things that happened culturally, like in the 1950s, if you you know, dated someone, you had to marry them, most likely or stop seeing them. And then... It was not well seen if you divorce. Now it's okay divorcing. So things are more fluid, I would say, more organic again. And in my books, friends with benefit has its pros and cons, like everything. There's like there's not one thing that's only one side. It's only good or only bad. And from working with my clients, I can see that the challenge with friends with benefit is it's often what keeps you in your comfort zone if you're not ready to commit if you're afraid of having a full-on perfect like real relationship perfect doesn't mean it's always good but it means like you're super connected inside so it always depends on the level of intimacy that you are ready for and there are times in your life let's say you're at school in your career and you know it's just going to be crazy and you don't have time for a relationship and but you still don't want to be too lonely so you know you have a friend with benefit that's okay actually because it doesn't make you desperate in in the previous episode we talked about how dating when you're desperate is not a good idea because then you'll take anything that that looks good that smells good that wants you (laughs) so um i i think having friends with benefits when you know you're not ready for a relationship, you're not ready to commit, and you have someone that, you know, you're nice and you connect with and you have, you know, sexual benefits, that's okay. But then it's hard sometimes not to get attached. And if you are serious about having the real thing, then because of the attachment, then it becomes difficult to say goodbye. 
And then it becomes traumatic and challenging and all that. That's why there's pros and cons. It's, yeah. (laughs) The point about attachment, because I was just going to follow up and say, it's fine if you know yourself that you're a very just physical person and you can detach your feelings from the other person. Because if you go into the relate, not sorry, relationship, the friends with benefit, how I think of it is kind of like a contract where you're like, this is what I'm laying out. No pun intended, but this is what I have. And, you know, I only see this in the physical sense. However, however, like Dr. Lee said, how do you stop yourself from developing these feelings? Because you can very much be like, well, going into this friends with benefits situation, I'm not going to get attached. I'm just going to keep it purely physical. But after, you know, you engage in them for a while, a month passes, three months passes, like, how do you not be attached to them? I I think as humans, that's, that's just our nature. We feel things. Mm -hmm. We're emotional creatures. Yeah. It's just about, I feel it's really about, remember what love is. Love is wanting the best for another being while respecting your needs. And if your needs at that moment are being met and you want the best for them and you're both honest and you communicate, it's good. And if your needs are, you know what, I'm getting too attached right now and you have no intention of being with me. If I respect my needs, I'm going to say goodbye now. Um, you know, this is not going to be good for me. So you need to know yourself and you need to be able to say no. And or right now, this was good. I'm very grateful we had this, uh, but now I'm ready to have the real thing. So we're going to say goodbye <laughs> for that that leaf of time in our lives that we're going to, you know, I really appreciate you. I'm grateful you were there. You made that lonely time less lonely I'm grateful and now I'm ready for the, the same time so it's it's really about being conscious and yes you're going to be attached but even when you're attached like you have friends you have girlfriends and you move away you go to school and you have to say goodbye to people you love and you need to, that's why it's really important <clears throat> for you to be connected to your heart to have your statement of purpose so you can organize your time and do the things that are Good for your heart. Remember, love is wanting the best for another being while respecting your needs. And I find usually, even with friends with benefits, it's fine when both people are at the same place. But usually, at some point, one of the person wants more or less. That's usually when the challenges happen. That's when you need to very be good at uh, communicating and being honest and still wishing the best while respecting your needs. Exactly. And best case scenario is that you both are like, I think we're both ready for a relationship and take this friends with benefit situation, turn it into a relationship because you know, you already have that physical connection. It can be a way of taming yourself, you know, (laughs) like Le Petit Prince. You know, you have to create crumbs and like closer and closer to you. And and, and in a relationship, if you're, if you're scared, you're usually going to find someone who's scared as well. So you can tame each other and becomes like less scary to want to be committed to someone. 
but also make sure to communicate with them and be like, just to make sure this is not an open friends with benefit relationship, because very well, that person could be seeing multiple people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not okay with that, make sure to communicate that. And also another thing that I just thought of is when people engage in friends with benefit situations, especially if one person is like, this is what I want friends with benefits, but the other person has feelings for them and they just basically comply because they think that this is a way of getting them closer, but it's actually not because they're not on the same page. And that's when it's really difficult. Like they're on chapter five and you're on chapter 28. That is not good. You want to be in the same book, same page, same line, same sentence. You know what I mean? Just make sure that you really converse what you want. And yeah, that, that can be a very tricky situation because I have a friend who's in that situation right now. And it's like, really freaking difficult. How do you separate your feelings? Because every time this person is like, oh, come over. And my friend is like, okay, I'm going to go. And, you know, again, like I always say, she has to be honest with herself. Is she actually hoping for a relationship with him that he's going to change his mind and become her boyfriend? That's when that's why it's if you want to go into the friend with benefit thing, you need to be very conscious and very honest with yourself. And you need to trust yourself. People are afraid of entering relationship, not because they don't trust the other person, but because they don't trust themselves. I repeat, people are afraid of entering relationships, not because they don't trust other people, because they don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves to take themselves out of an equation if it's not right for them. Because if you know something is not good and you know you can trust yourself not to stick around because you're desperate and you absolutely need to be with this person at all costs, if you trust yourself that if something is not going to be good for you, you're going to leave, that's the worst thing that can happen. Besides getting pregnant and then having a family and all that stuff that you like you might have not been ready. And even that, you would learn a lot about love. So it's really about trusting yourself that if something is not good for you, you're going to be out of there. But a lot of people have had the experience of being in a relationship before and it was not a good relationship and they were not able to extricate themselves from it. So they stayed in this going against their heart and feeling miserable. And now they're afraid of entering another relationship when it's not the other person that's the problem. The problem in the past relationship was them sticking into something because they were desperate. Exactly. You can enter a friends with benefit situation or any relationship if you're feeling inspired, like... I'm trying to think of a way to put it coherently into a friends with benefit context. But again, if you're not desperate and you're like, this is something that I think is going to be good for myself for the time being, don't do it because you're infatuated with that person. Because that's dangerous. Ooh, been there, done that, did not end up well. We can talk about this right now and say don't enter, but when you're infatuated, it's like so powerful a pool. Just know, yeah, you're going for a big roller coaster ride. You're gonna go on a super high, and then you're gonna go on a super low. And as long as you're willing to handle both, it's okay. Just all right, I'm going for the ride. Exactly, (laughs) but I want this so badly right now. I can't say no to it, and. 
Once you've done that two or three times, it becomes a lot easier to say no. You go, no, been there, done that. <laughs> you don't need a lecture. <laughs> you just, you just know. <laughs> exactly, because you know what you want, and you can discern from emotions, infatuation, and like this is what is best for me at this point. Because not everyone is going to want long-term serious relationships and that's fine given where they are in their life their values and if they travel a lot and stuff maybe they just want someone to be physical with and that's completely fine right whatever the case is and I just feel like the most important thing is to really don't enter a friends with benefits situation if you are infatuated oh my goodness all the emotions will be there that's that's a you but it the reason you're attracted to someone is because subconsciously you know that through this person you're going to learn about love about loving yourself about loving another being about love in general and you know what's interesting also is i have a friend who's connected to like the super rich like not just the rich like the super rich and what some of the super rich men and women will do is they will find somebody to be with for a year and they will take them on trips and they will treat them like queens or kings. And after the contract is over a year later, that's it. And they sign a contract and that's what they do for you. I thought, Whoa, that would be an interesting journey. That is a lot. That is, wow. I would be sad. Like, I, I can't even see how I wouldn't get emotionally attached. Yeah, I think usually it's a super rich man who's not so good looking with a younger woman that's beautiful. <laughs> and they make her into a business contract to make him look good. <laughs> that's it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh -huh. So well, in a way, it's like, yeah, it's a contract. It's a business deal. But you know... Once I was working with a client, and I might have told the story before, but the woman comes to see me. She was 73 years old, and she comes to see me. She says, I am so mad at my husband of 50 years. He admitted to me this year that all the time we were married, he was having affairs on me because he was a traveling salesman. And I go, I'm sorry, but yet if you had truly loved your husband, I know you would have known that he was doing that. And I did the heart freedom method with her and we found out lo and behold that when she got married, she already knew he was cheating on her already then, but she wanted to leave the house. She didn't want to leave living with her parents and she wanted a certain lifestyle. She didn't believe she could afford herself, but that he could. So it was a business deal. So she left her family to be with him so that he could gave her the money, the house that she wanted. And in exchange, she kept her eyes closed to, and her heart closed to what was really going on. So it was a business deal in a way. Like people make deals all the time. And when you come from that place, you don't feel fully alive. You feel like you're constantly cutting a little part of yourself. Like even friends with benefits is nice. It's sweet. But you know, you're at 80%. You don't have the 100% that you're really looking for. Exactly. It's just not the same. I can give you 
an example. It's kind of like a story time, but I was in my second co-op term. So at my university for undergrad, we have school and then we have four months of work, school and then four months of work and so on for five years, right? And based on your co-op location, I was in Toronto at the time and you get a little lonely, right? You get a little bored because after your nine to five, what do you do? Your friends are in different locations for a co-op as well. So it's, it's really hard. Like one of my friends, she was in Taiwan. The other one was in California. It's just, you're all over the place. Right. And so of course you want to try and date, but also dating is really hard because four months of school, four months work, you don't know where you're going to be because some people, they change their co-op and study terms. It's just a whole thing. So I actually, I was just going through Tinder for fun. And I was like, hmm, like I'm, I don't usually go on these apps, but I was like, why not scroll through? And I found this guy who's also from the same school as me. And I was like, huh, like he's good looking. He's sporty. You know, he's also in Toronto. So how convenient. Wow. It was the most craziest, like, dating period of my life the craziest because we went into it saying let's see this relationship casual relationship by the way as a contract because we both knew that when we were back in school again we don't know where we were going to be for the next school term for the next two years and funny thing pandemic happens so that's that's another thing but we were like okay let's enter this casual relationship and we'll still hang out. It wasn't just friends with benefits. Like we still hung out. We still whatever. But I can I can guarantee that there was no emotional connection. Zero. Like zero. Because we wouldn't text each other about our days. We wouldn't even talk unless it was in person. And because we had established that dynamic, it was easier for, for us to let go in the end. And how it ended was kind of weird. My best friend found him on Tinder and she was like, wait, why is he on Tinder? And I was like, you know, whatever. It was about to end anyways. The contract ended. And so that's that's what happened. Like, obviously it's not a good situation, but from that, I can say that I've learned what it felt like to be infatuated because in the beginning, yes, I was a hot mess. I was, no, just a mess. Very big mess. <laughs> and... At the end, in retrospect, I'm like, hmm, like, what did I learn from this? Well, maybe don't enter a contractual relationship (laughs) because that's not, that's not what you want. It was really, every time I saw him, it was like, oh, like infatuation. Whoa. And it was only until after working with Dr. Lee, I was like, that is infatuation. I thought it was just me liking him. It wasn't like that at all. And I think we both had the same feelings because yes it was very intense when we were together but otherwise we didn't talk there was no communication we were strangers like I would see him on campus and we were just okay okay very very so you managed to do it in a smart way because otherwise it would have been hard to extricate yourself from the relationships where you found a way that was working but at the same time like you said that's what's really cool about that experience is that you learn something you wouldn't 
read about, but you could not know unless you've experienced it yourself. Exactly. And like you said, Dr. Lace, every relationship that you enter, it should teach you something about love. And what's funny from that experience is that afterwards I entered the relationship I am in now, and it's been almost three years. So it's pretty wild to me because the longest relationship I had was four months, all of them. So you learn about love and what it means to know what it is you're looking for. That's what I find. Like those of you listening right now, if you're single and you're wondering how you're going to find that person, just become really clear. First, that love is safe. Do your inner work. Join us on the Soul Worthy Love Program. Do whatever you need to let go of the, the fears that you have. And that, you know, you're worthy of it too. And then it's about being clear about what is it that you, your heart wants in a relationship? Not what the magazines tell you, not what the movies, or the Arlequin novels, but what is it that makes a solid relationship for you? Like your best friend with chemistry. So like be really clear. But again, that's also a test. To be able to admit to yourself what it is you really want, that means you need to feel worthy of love. Because if you don't feel worthy of love, then you can't admit it. So it's all connected ultimately with how much you love yourself to be able to attract. And because they say, oh, finding the right person is like finding a needle in a haystack. Well, if you have a magnet, it's a lot easier to find the needle in the haystack. And the magnet to attract someone to you is that, to have no fears about love, to know love is safe, that you are worthy of love, and then be really clear what you want. And it's it's fascinating how it just shows up. Exactly. And what I can say is that when you enter a relationship without having those intense feelings, because I've had around four relationships, I put air quotes on it, relationships in the past. And the reason why they only last for four months is because I was infatuated with all of them, every single one. And it was like, Oh, within the first week, dang, I want to marry this person. Wow. Like, look at this, like beautiful life. Blah, blah, blah. And then guess what? I got drained. I got tired of their messages. I, I would see their messages and be like, you know what? I'm not going to respond to you. So I just don't. And that's mean. Don't don't do that. That's that's really mean. And that's when I knew you, you swing. It's impossible when you're infatuated. You always end up swimming into resentment. Yep. It's it, impossible. This is that. This is how you know that you love someone is because you're able to handle both sides. And when you're infatuated, you just swing. It's such a high. And that's the biggest challenge is to discover that the the high is not love. You you hear about. Um, serial monogamist and what they are addicted to is the high and when the high goes away they need to switch to the next relationship oh yeah high and you do that five six seven times then you go you know what i get it it's empty Mm -hmm. true love exactly and when i entered this relationship it was so funny because i was like huh why don't i feel anything and that's some people warning sign they might be like, oh, I probably don't like them because I don't feel anything. But the thing is, 
When you feel lots of stuff, that's actually infatuation. Aha. Because I was like, hmm, this is weird. I don't know if I like him because it's there were no emotions. Yes. And, and that's, the, that's the cool thing is yeah. like describing exactly the difference between infatuation. When it's you're infatuated, it's such a high, it's like, ah. And when you're in the heart, it's quiet. But it's such a beautiful quietness. It's you, you, yeah. after when your heart opens more and more and more, you wouldn't change it for anything. You wouldn't want to go into this super high because you're just so grateful for how safe you feel, how you can be yourself, how you love them with their warts and all, and you wouldn't change them. Absolutely. And one thing I also noticed is that when you are entering any relationship, when you feel like, oh, I can't have any conflicts, I don't want any conflicts, that should be a warning sign in itself because I was like that previously too. And I thought it was a good thing. Like, oh, I don't want to get into a conflict with you. I don't want to deal with the situation. So I'm just not going to bother bringing it up. That is not good. Right yeah. now, I'm happy to resolve any conflicts and I won't be scared if that makes sense, just like, if this happens, I know we'll work through it. And instead of like, oh, we'll just break up. Just before I came onto the podcast, I was working with a mother and daughter related situation where yesterday they had a huge fight, a two hour, huge screaming fight. But they've been working with me as their coach for quite a long time now. So they trust me. So we came in and we did the heart freedom method. And after the session, they were more in love with each other. And I asked, you know, I always ask, so what did you learn from today? And the daughter said, I learned that when you really care about someone, it's a sign that you really care about them when you're willing to work through and find the cause for the Because it's never about what's really happening. It's always about something in the past. It's, it's, it's our own conditioning that makes things happen, our insecurities that creates the challenges. That's a great example. And, well, I'm really glad they worked it out. That's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you get all teary every time. I don't <laughs> cry much for things except when I see the heart open. When the heart opens, like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is really beautiful. So... Again, back to the friends with benefit topic, there is no right or wrong. You make the judgment, you make the call, but just make sure that if you are entering this type of situation, guard your heart and know what is best for your heart and don't let infatuation take over you because that will get messy and make sure you're on the same page and live your best life. So. Voila. Voila. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Soul Worthy Love. We hope you have a lovely weekend. We'll start to this week. So thank you, Dr. Lise, and thank you, listeners. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Soul Worthy Love. We have new episodes every Tuesday.